In a world of stereotypes, being called a geek comes with a certain image. There is still that ingrained thing within me that is a little bit embarrassed about it. In reality, geek culture has never been more mainstream, and behind every geek is a real story. My dad was the one who got me into Star Wars and things. Join me, your super dummy Paul, as I continue my learning experience and talk to the real people. I'm a secondary school teacher, so I teach 11 to 16 year olds in English. Subscribe to Era of Geek to hear their stories. He's one of them like, you've ever gonna grow up? And I'm like, no, why should I? I, I like my life, I, I enjoy what I do, this is my hobby. Search for Era of Geek on your favorite podcatcher or go to superdummy.co.uk slash geek. I'm Rhea. I'm Jack. I'm Tony. And we are the Pop Girders. Our mission? To review anything from pop culture. Our credo? To do so in less time than it takes to listen to a song. Our pledge? To strike when you least expect it. BAM! You're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older, and now you're even older, and now you're even older. You're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older, and now you're older still. Time is marching on, and time. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of Indie Comics Spotlight, the show where we take a deep dive into an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. And today we're going all the way back, way back. I mean, it's really not that I am so I mean, to me, it seems like it was last week, but it was all the way back in October 21st of 2009 for Image Comics, Cowboy, Ninja, Viking. And to join me is our resident Viking, Thor himself. Paul the Mac. Hello, my friend. Hello, hello. I am here with Odin's hammer. Hello. You best behave yourself. I will. I hello. shall. Yes, hello. And so the intro <laughs> song, people will be like, why is that song on? And the reason you heard that song, which is kind of a dick move on my part, and Paul doesn't even know what song it is yet. I've teased him. Nope. is because you're hearing this the day before Paul's birthday. So if you're hearing this on April 1st, make sure you say happy birthday to Paul. It's not a joke. It's not April Fool's Day. It's just Paul's birthday. He's a happy jokester, kind of fun guy. Maybe... You weren't the Viking. Maybe you were the trickster. Maybe you're Loki. Is that what this is about? Is that why you were born on April 1st? Um, I'm, I'm not sure if I can really comment because I don't know what the song is because I'm going to say something now and then yeah. everyone will be like, oh, what a doofus. No, say. But yes. <laughs> yes, yes, probably. Fair, fair I am enough. a trickster, yeah. but I'm also a very sensible trickster. If I, I've, everyone in who knows me is listening, say you're not a trickster. You're far too sensible. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably true. You are. You are actually probably of us all, besides Dave, the most organized person. So we wouldn't have. Oh, a dis- we wouldn't. It may have look a- that way. But- no, it's totally true. We wouldn't have a Discord without you, which is great. I mean, that's where we- I spend more of my time. I'm never. I'm like on Twitter now, like once a month, because why? Everybody's on Discord. So um, no, you're very organized, and your website. You made a website that that looks amazing, and you. No, thank you very you're very good. You're very organized, and you, the editing you do on your oh, podcast. So, but no, the intro song. Oh 
Is, you don't um, see the hours of pain. Do, but I understand. I hear the hours that you must put in. And so it's amazing to me the attention to detail you must have. But yes, no. So the intro song has, it's just about your birthday. It's kind of a dig at it being your birthday. You'll hear it and you'll be like, dick. But also the other thing, <laughs> this will be the hint, is the reason I played that song too is because it's by one of my all-time favorite bands. I'll even tell you the name of the band. They might be giants. Okay. Oh, now, yes. do you know them? I, well, I know uh, not personally. Not personally. Yeah, well, not but friends, here's but my yeah. <laughs> six degrees of separation and how it ties into this comic. So a couple of years okay. ago, I had a guy who drew the They Might Be Giants escape team comic. They did a comic book, an exclusive comic book for one of their albums. And the guy who wrote right. that and drew that, his son is Clayton Coles, who's the letterer on this book. It all comes together. Uh. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. And, and you, so you use that as an excuse to do a dick move on me, which yes, still, it's, it all comes yeah. together. You're going to love it. I think, or you'll nice. hate me. we'll find out <laughs> in a couple of weeks when you hear it. I, I, oh, I could never hate you. Oh, thank you. Me, oh, same, same. So we'll definitely talk about Clayton because I think he is the um, superstar of this book. When you, when you're going into yes. a comic and you're like, the letterer is a superstar. You're like, what kind of shitty book is this? It's not what you think. <laughs> and we'll talk about Clayton before the show comes out, uh, is done because, and I know Steve always talks about it, but like it is an art form and I don't, and maybe because you are so patient, because if you have not listened to era of geek with host Paul McGugan, then I don't know what's wrong with you. What's wrong with you? You should probably be out there listening to that yeah. show. It's probably my favorite show. Um, I love that show, but the amount of editing that you put into that man, <laughs> It's outrageous. So I think maybe you could be a letterer because it's very, it's a very, you need patience to do it, right? Hmm. Yeah, probably, to be fair, because I'm always, I have that mindset where I would love to be artistic. And then I pick up a pencil and try to draw something and then it all suddenly falls apart. So that, yes, that could probably be a good middle point because I do, if I set my mind to something... Um, yeah, I would have the patience for it. It is. It's yeah, definitely not something. Maybe there's a new career for me. I would. I mean, it's an art form, and I feel like to be a good letterer, you have to understand comics. I mean, you may not be able to draw them mm. yourself, but you have to understand spacing because you're looking at a page and you know what the words are that's supposed to go there. And so, as a letterer, you letterer, you may have to go back to the writer and be like, "Dude, these words aren't going to fit." Or can yeah. we edit it this way? So I'm assuming there's some there's some editorial aspect that goes into being a letterer too, because and magic. And in this book, what Clayton does is magic. Oh, it's brilliant! It's, uh, it's, I think without that, this book would make probably very little sense. Yeah, it would be <laughs> spoiler unreadable. alert. Yeah, it would be unreadable. It's yeah. already a, a tough read, but it would be completely unreadable yeah. without him. Yeah, so, I don't know what edition you've got. I've got the. Um, the unofficial sponsor of Indie Comic Spotlight yes. on Hoopla. Um, <laughs> yes. And at the back, there's like extras mm -hmm. and it's got a version of the comic, like his first impression, um, you know, they've written it and he drew it. And without going into too much detail, because we haven't explained what the comic is yet. Yeah. Um, it's the, the balloons are just different colors. Doesn't work. And I think, yeah, I think people would have checked out. I mean, looking at some of the reviews, People generally people checked check out it. anyway. But they yeah. would have, <laughs> yeah. But they would have done so a lot quicker. One hundred percent. Yeah. So the reason that we're spending all this time on the Clayton Coles 
um, appreciation podcast is what this turns into. Clayton, you're <laughs> welcome on either of our shows, both of our shows. It would be yeah, cool for definitely. you to, to uh, you're, this is kind of like art, artistic season. You're cut, you know, on the, on the new season of Era of Geek, you're talking to more, mm-hmm. you know, musicians and you just had Eric on. So getting a letter around would be pretty cool. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll let's put that out in the universe. Sneaky emails. Yeah. Clayton Coles, we would love for you to come on. I mean, we would both happily talk to you about all kinds of cool shit because we're going to sing your praises here on the Clayton Coles cast coming to you live on Comics Motion. <laughs> People are like, seriously, that's the most anybody's ever talked about a letterer, but we'll explain why in just a second. So the premise... That's also slightly sad that that is... <laughs> The reaction, like letterers are amazing people. They are. And no, this comic are. does explain why. Oh my God. It's so he's, it's like whatever they paid him, they needed to pay him triple because it is, yeah. it's outrageous. So the premise of this, yeah. of this comic is, as you said, we haven't even done it. So it's 10 issues long. Uh, it's from image. It's written by AJ Lieberman and uh, drawn by Riley Rossimo, who does the coloring um, as well. So it's created by both of them. And as we said, letters by Clayton. So the the premise is there's this project of they're called the triplets. And so this is pretty typical government bullshit where there's a a U.S. government project. I totally believe all of this could be true. This is like conspiracy theory 101 where they've taken people who have DID, dissociative identity disorder. They call them multiple personality disorder because this is kind of at that time before the official change has happened. Um, in the yeah. lexicon, but it's also, I think the words are telling, and that's part of the analysis we can have is the fact, the way that they're called things, the way that the triplets, they're called triplets are true. So mm. it's people who had three other personalities. So really triplets isn't even right because there's four personalities per person because their host is one of the yeah. four. Yeah. But they call them triplets. And so each of them had four personalities, their main person and three other ones. And each personality was then trained to do something that was deadly and or offensive or both yes and there was a lot of cultural In, with some, <laughs> yeah with some very strange combinations like we have uh, i've got the list here now um a clothing designer yep. a roadie uh, there's a chef surfer uh so yeah there are some not so obvious uh personalities there or talents that you might use as your team of assassins right yes because there's one who's like flight attendant joan of arc and amazonian war warrior so you're like (laughs) flight attendant but the flight attendant has a lot of patience right and can Mm. put up with a lot of shit and like can solve problems in a way like the joan of arc or the amazonian warrior can't because they're both you know both of those character personalities are like you know, zealots. And Joan of Arc was a zealot. You know, she died, she died as a child because she was a zealot. Amazonian warriors are zealots. Yeah. But a flight attendant is not a zealot. A flight attendant is like, let's calm the fuck down. So some of them don't make any sense. But like, yeah, conquistador, green beret, surfer. It's an this, interesting mix. Yeah, that was an interesting mix. So so that's what happens. So this this group has taken these, these people with multiple personality disorder with DID and they've trained the personalities to be assassins and they've left the main person alone as it were but all of them are aware of each other so unlike most did patients where the personalities are aware of each other and the main person but the main person isn't aware of them in this universe the main the host body is aware that the others exist and they talk to each other which is why clayton cole's the letterer comes into play because 
every time a different character talks, the word bubble has the um, the weapon going through it. So when it's cowboy, mm. it's a gun. When it's Viking, it's an axe. When it's ninja, it's a katana. When it's hairstylist, it's scissors. <laughs> Which is pretty cool, right? And so, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so um, those so those things are there, so you understand who's talking when you're just looking at the main body. So it's fucking brilliant, and it was such a cool shorthand way to do. It. And so your brain catches up right away. Like by episode two, issue two, you get it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You you understand exactly what's going on without really realizing because it's quite. <coughs> the art style is it's been described as the scratchy art style i think is what people have said it's not full detail and i think that's possibly a good idea because it might again it might be too much so you are left again this is why he's the star because you can see that you've got the same person talking but the detail is in what they're saying which I guess is true for someone with DID. You're looking at the same person, but the detail is what they're saying and how they're saying it. Because you do have the same... In this, when the personality changes, the costume of the person also changes. Which can be confusing as hell, by right. the way. <laughs> yeah, because only um, sometimes. It's, yeah. it's, it's sometimes the personality will have the page panel to him or herself but sometimes it's just the main body talking to all of them at once yeah and so then so yeah. again that's why so even when you just see the cowboy it still has the voice bubble with the cowboy's thing so you understand because there's another cowboy somebody else has a cowboy and some of them look similar yeah. like you know some of the personalities they're like there's a whole samurai thing which we'll talk about later which is funny but like the roadie for doc and he's just the roadie he looks like what a roadie would look like but like yeah. his personality his name is steed mal malabrank which is his name he up uh, steed is his name so he's a big dumb horse so when he's a navy seal or when he's the hitman he still kind of looks the same whereas at least with cowboy yeah. ninja viking they look different um they don't look like duncan at all so there's that interesting dichotomy and again so clayton i have no idea it's a genius is what it all comes down to to keeping yeah. it square. Yeah, yeah. It ties it all together. You, it is the way that you can follow the story and it is the way that you can express the idea that you have, you may have one active personality at a time, but the others are still there. They're still interacting. Cause you just, you know, Duncan in particular, like a lot of the others, them sort of base personality doesn't necessarily show up a lot, but right. Duncan is there a lot. Yeah, Greer is probably the only other but even, one. Yeah, I think so. Um, but even if you're looking at Duncan, you can see all, all the other voices inside yeah. of him, sort of, they're trying to work things out together. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. So there's the setup. And so here's the thing. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Some of them want to do good things. Some of them just want to watch the world burn. There's no yep. real good guy in this whole series, except for maybe Nix, Sarah Nix is maybe the closest thing to a good guy, but she's also yeah. implicated. I mean, she just wants to go get her other job. Like she's very Dante from Clerks. She wasn't even supposed to be here today. Like her whole thing is yeah. I was supposed to get out of this shithole in three days and then she gets pulled back yeah. in. Um, so there's not really a hero. And I think that could actually be 
part of the the issue that people have with it. And I know you didn't love this. I know it was just like when I we by the way, everybody. So I gave this to Paul like three or four months ago. I'm like, what do you think of this? I went, there's a Viking in this. This will be fun. And you're like, <laughs> it took me forever to read it. It was by my bedside. I fucking hate you. But then you were then you came back, like, let's do it. I'm ready to do it. So I appreciate that. Yeah. So tell everybody what that's like, what the process was. Cause I came to this as somebody who finds DID interesting. I like read a lot of books about it as a, like in high school and in college. Like I find it as a mental illness, heartbreaking, but also fascinating because yeah. there's a psychosomatic aspect of it because, and this, it comes to light here because it's where people's mental states can actually create physical um, action. And so these triplets, I mean, Duncan is a ninja, but Duncan's not a ninja. Duncan's mm. some like dumb white dude. But he's also a ninja. Yeah. So it's like, I just found it fascinating. It is super offensive in so many ways. So um, oh, gotcha. anyway, I'll, so tell me how you, you know, like when you gave it to me, you were like, why does he hate me? Why would he want me to read this? So what were your thoughts? And then how, as you went through it, what was your process? So the roller coaster of emotions that I went through with this, um, you suggested it. And I had a quick Google about what it was. And I was like, this sounds really clever, really smart, really good. Cause yeah, like you, it's, it fascinates me. It absolutely fascinates me. Um, I don't have the, the background knowledge that you do, but it's just the whole concept of it, the way that it works, the way that it can happen to people. It's fascinating. So yeah, well into it and you know, Vikings. So great. Um, but then when you start reading it, I think I said this in the discord to the other comics in motion guys. And uh, you have to be fully engrossed and attentive to what you're reading. Because within the first issue, it will go back and forth three or four times to the point where there's actually an editor's note saying, just for those of you who haven't been able to keep track, we're at this point. And even when you first read it, you're like, even that doesn't make sense. I don't I understand how we got here. Um, it is really hard to keep track of. And I think I'm going to be very kind to the people who made this and say that that was possibly part of what they were going for because the whole thing that they're describing is difficult, confusing and all over the place. So they wanted to portray that in some way. And I do get that. And so, yeah, the first time, I was probably reading an issue per sitting. Um, and then, you know, I come back to it a couple of days later, read another issue. And I'll, it was a real slog because my brain just wasn't getting it. It wasn't following it. I was, you know, <laughs> I'm terrible at this. You know, sometimes when you're watching like a detective show and I don't know if you've seen it, we've got a show here called Midsummer Murders. I've heard of it. There's, we, we, there, it's a big deal at the library where I volunteer. That shit goes out. And old right. people love that shit on DVD. There's like, what, 12 seasons or something? Oh, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's been yeah, going yeah. on forever. Okay. Um, yeah, people love it. They'll, get, they'll come and they'll get like three seasons oh, yeah. of it all at once. Sure. Yeah, absolutely love it. I love the show. However, it's one of these shows where, like as some detective shows are, within the first half an hour, they've introduced like 40 people. And then the detectives will be sat in their room saying, 
oh yeah what about steve didn't steve say this and you're saying who the fuck was steve? steve i can't remember who steve was i don't know you've introduced me to 40 people and you're asking you're trying to follow me along to this plot i don't know who you're talking about anymore and that was this basically that's totally fair. i would sit down and read it and i'd be like i don't i don't know who you're talking about anymore um so that was my first attempt the second attempt I sat down and I forced myself to just read it all the way through. And that's when it started to click a bit more and it made more sense. And I didn't hate it anymore. I didn't want to <laughs> throw my Kindle out the window. Um, Fair. So that was the emotional roller coaster that I've gone through. <laughs> so what we've, what we've learned is Cowboy Ninja Viking, don't hate it. That's, that'll be the, on the no. next collected edition. Don't hate it. Paul the Mac. <laughs> and we'll put that. We won't even put your full name. We'll just Paul the Mac. And because you don't want, you know, Riley or, or AJ to come after you. Because they seem like maybe they're violent people because they write about shit like this too. Well, um, anything's possible. No. But yes, I hear what you're saying. Um, you're right to feel that way. It is a challenging book. And not and it's a challenging book. I think everything that you said is true. It's challenging on purpose. And I think yeah. that can be a big turnoff. And it's like, look, man. I fucking worked all day. You walk like 40 miles every day for everybody who doesn't know Paul's on his feet all day. So the last thing he wants to do is after being fucking exhausted, sometimes out in the cold all day to come home and deal with this bullshit. You're like, I just want to, I don't care about who Steve is. Just, I just want to watch the bake off. Yeah. Right? I get it. And there that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Like everybody wants to have just good fun, you know, silly entertainment. This is not that. So I understand where you're coming from. So I'm not, but for me, I, I, all of those things that disconcerted, it's like my, my brain, the way my brain works is that, okay, when I'm working, when you're working on the computer, Paul, you're out in the world all day, right? Which is, must be nice, fresh air. I mean, people suck, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, but oh, that oh, would yeah. be great if it weren't for all the fucking customers, right? So another clerk. Yeah, basically. Customer. Yeah. So, but like when you're working on the computer, when you're doing things, how many tabs do you have open at a time? Uh, depending on what I do and I can, yeah, I may have quite a lot okay. open at one time. It depends um, on the project, right? Yeah. If I'm, if I'm editing something, so you're talking about the editing process. Um, when I do my first edit, I can't have anything else open. Okay. Cause that's Cause just, I will. Yeah, so I'll I'll be googling something go on the BBC news, and I'll be like, I don't know what's gone on for the last twenty minutes. Like, I haven't I haven't been paying proper attention, so I need to have just the editing program open. Otherwise, God knows. But then on other things, yeah, you know, you're referencing this, that, and the other, and yeah. So for I, me, I've that's probably your thought. But no, yeah. no, you're <laughs> probably normal. That's my point. Is that so? For me, so I work online. I teach online. So I'll teach three mm. classes at a time, right? And so, and it's all asynchronous. So it'll be like class A, class B, class C. And so across the top, I'll have my two personal emails that I have open, my work email and all three class tabs open, okay? Sometimes I'll have Discord. Sometimes I'll have WhatsApp, just kind of depends. I'm not on Twitter much anymore, but sometimes there'd be Twitter. So I'll have seven to eight tabs open. And I, so what I do is I microfocus is what I call it. It's a term I made up. So there is, so what I do is, I'll go into class A and I'll re read a thing and I'll respond to one student 
and I'm intense reading that one student's thing. And I write my type up, I read his thing and then I think about it and I type up my paragraph response and then I hit send. And then if that was not enough time, I can go down and read another one in a row. If not, I click to the next class, do the same thing, click to the next class, do the same thing, check my email, do whatever, come back around. So I can do this like really hyper micro focusing in like two, three minute increments. And then, you know, at the end of the day, I've replied to everybody. Always. So I'll be having, like, if you're chatting with me, like if you're ever on with me and we're like chatting or on Discord, like, which for me, like, say it's 11 a.m. So it'd be like four o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock your time. If you're seeing me really active, I'm working at the same time that I'm doing that. So that's, so I think yeah, that's, I struggle with that, but that's why I think I love this book because I think it's designed for that. I don't think this is for everyone. I think it's pretty mm. risky. I mean, there's, it's not even technically image. It was part of their, um, what's it called? It Silverwood or something. Um, yeah. Shadow, shadow line. Ah, I was close. I had an S in it. Yeah. Yeah. It was part of their channel. So it wasn't even like main image. It was another, like, even this is too fucking crazy. So the, you know, the further away you go from the main thing, the less successful it has to be. Like we can sell fewer Mm. comics. This isn't spawn, right? This isn't going to do spawn numbers. We don't need it to. So I think that's part of it too. I think it's just for a, so I, what I want to say through all of that, now we're a half an hour and we'll finally start talking about the comic. (laughs) I'm really pleased that you went through it because I know it's a challenge. I knew it's, I know it's a slog. I know it's not for everybody. So I appreciate, it was just one of those things was like, cause the two that we did previously. So I'm pigeonholing you because with, with, you know, with the basketful of heads and with um, hard boiled, like you were like in it. You're like, yeah, I want to see what's on that fucking wrapper. I'm going to zoom in and I want to see what's up with the clocks. So I just thought this is kind of one of those books. So we'd have, so I you just are my torture buddy. That's all. It's like, uh, oh, I like, I like that. I enjoy it. I, even to be fair, even when it was really annoying me and I was slightly hating what I was doing, <laughs> I was also enjoying it. That's, um, it's see art because happening. it did. Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing. I think that's something that we talk about a lot in general in comics emotion is that whether you like it or not, you can still have, you can still appreciate the art, you know, you can see that the work went into it. You can see what they were trying to do. And yeah, just because my, the way that I was approaching it wasn't quite there. That doesn't mean that I couldn't appreciate what they were trying to do. It just wasn't as it turns out, it just wasn't for me at that time. Like I've right. come back to it again and I've had a different perspective on it. Yeah. And I think, and I think we do that too. I mean, I think I didn't read this when it came out. I didn't read this in real time. I didn't read it until it was collected. So I probably didn't read it until for the first time, three or four years ago, maybe. So, you know, it had been out for a while and I don't even know how I stumbled on it. It was just like, that fucking looks cool. I'm going to read that. And then that was it. And then I was like, mm. Ooh. Um, then I read it several times since then. Um, I read it again just this weekend before, before this. Um, so I, I, you know, you're right. And it's sometimes it's like with Ghostbusters. I was a kid. I loved Ghostbusters. I fucking hate that movie. And I know I'm in the minority there, but everybody's like, that's aged perfectly. And I'm like, that's a stinky shit burger. I don't like that movie. That's it. I, I don't love it. I know that Chris Phelps and I are on it's, that island together. Yeah. I'm, I'm on a boat just off the shore you're going, just, yeah, I can see what you're talking about. <laughs> Right. And again, but I also can see why people still love it because there's those, there's like, there's the nostalgia factor or there's like, it hits you at the right time. It's the, what you're interested in. It's how your brain works. And again, not everything is for everybody. I mean, there's some stuff that I've read on recommendation for other people. I'm like, I didn't care for that. You know, I, I, but that's okay. Mm. 
that's, but again, that's the point is you can still talk about it. This is what I tell my students all the time. You know, you give them something to read. And I say, right, it's being, I don't care if you hate this. There's not, yeah. if you put in our discussion post, I really hated this book. I'm not going to give you any points. I even give them a separate <laughs> discussion forum that's called Book Talk. You can shit on it and say whatever you want over here. The actual academic side of it, we're just talking about the themes and the concepts and the writing, X, Y, Z. Over here, you can be like, oh my God, I fucking hated this. Or, oh my God, I loved it. Do that over here. So that's the thing that's, you know, that we can do that. So I appreciate your willingness to be like, all right, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to park that. I'm going to try to see if I can get at what they're doing here. Sometimes it's good to, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the nice way of saying this, but you have to force yourself sometimes because, you know, there are things there and things that initially may seem meh there is something there in them there is like the further you get into this it does look more into some of the details and you, it does make you think and it does get you more invested into it and another way it ends is it's great i love the way it ends actually um but yeah it's i think for anyone who wants to read this book i would say do it just get yourself first through the first few issues in one sitting and get the concept of it solidly because once you can do that then the sort of second, probably the second half will start to flow better and it will make more sense. But it is just getting past that first bit and then being able to understand, get your head into where they were thinking. This gets rid of the, almost the pretense of I'm doing a superhero comic because that's what comics are. It, it strips that aside and just says, right, this is the deeper stuff. Like the episode with Eric Lee, Era of Geek. Mm-hmm. Have a look for Era of Geek. Do the episode with Eric Lee. What a um, show, too. What a great guy he is as I, well. Yes, yeah, I hear it's great. He's yeah. great. He's amazing. Yeah. But he was talking about one of the first things that really grabbed him in comics um, was the Hulk and Spider-Man and the different personalities and all this sort of stuff. And then we go down the whole thing there. But it's that's what this is, just without the pretense of I'm a superhero. Right. Because what um, he talked about with Immortal Hulk and how – Hulk is a villain sometimes. Hulk is a baddie, mm. right? And he he addressed Eric talked about that and that in Immortal Hulk because there's Devil Hulk as one of the personalities, and that's part of it yeah. is that you know so even the heroes can be bad because of his mental illnesses. And so right, that's through the lens of a of a. I was wondering. I was like, oh, is Paul, I was listening. I'm like, is Paul going to be like, dude, have you read this fucking Cowboy Ninja Viking bullshit? <laughs> I should have done. I was still in the wrong mentality at that point. It was in the uh, the bin in my brain. <laughs> but now, now it's moved out of the bin. I, I will tell him to read it. <laughs> oh no! I thought that was really great, though. That he said, "You're right." I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." Because I just listened. I don't. I know you record those way far in advance. I just heard it last week, so yeah. I was like, "Oh, that's going to be perfect timing to to talk about this." So apparently, Paul, who pretends he's not an expert on DID. That's what he's been talking about lately. So he's a liar. Clearly, you are Dr. Sebastian <laughs> Gislaine. You've, you're in charge of the triplet program, right? Is that what we're learning? Yes. You have found out my secret. <laughs> he is definitely a Bond <laughs> villain, though, isn't he? <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Yeah. They, again, they were, they were taking no pretense there. It was like, right, Bond villain. <laughs> Yeah, and there's like, then the other guy on the other side, they're like, who can out-villain each other? And it's always like... Yeah. There's these layers of commentary in here, right? About like spy stories. Like you said, they're they're taking they're deconstructing the superhero story, but they're also deconstructing spy stories because yeah. at the end of the day, 
James Bond is a serial killer. Sometimes yeah. he's a mass murderer who's also a serial killer, right? I mean, a license to kill means exactly what it is. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm sure there's a website somewhere that's like James Bond body count. It's pretty fucking high. Oh, I hope there is. Yeah, he did not need to kill all those people. I'm sorry. It's just, no, you didn't have to, but you took pleasure in doing it and you do not care. <laughs> you have some serious personality disorder there. Right. You just didn't care. And this this is commenting on all of, and I love those movies. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love a good spy movie. Everybody likes, you know, mm. the, the Lonely Island song, Cool Guys Don't Look at Explosions, right? I love that. It's like, because you're like, yeah, I'm going to blow up the building <laughs> as I walk away and look cool. And we all love those <laughs> movies, right? I mean, the Fast and the Furious movies are the highest grossing series in the world. And those are just absurd, stupid violence. There's something to like about it because it's fun. This is commenting on it. And it's also making us uncomfortable. Like, why do you like this so much? Like you just said, what's wrong with James Bond? What's his personality disorder? Why do you get off on being James Bond? That's weird. Especially the last movie. It's like, he just can't seem to retire. Yeah. I still haven't seen it actually. So I, but yeah. At the end, he um, creates his own Etsy store selling macrame potholders. That's the ending. Sorry. Okay. Ruined it for you. Uh, Well, that's fine. (laughs) I don't need to watch it now. Uh, I'll just start going on to James Bond forums. That ending, my God. (laughs) Those potholders. I can't believe that he knew how to macrame like that. Weird. (laughs) That was an extra skill they learned. Where did he? (laughs) Where where was that in spy school? I didn't see that. I didn't go to that class. Yeah. So. (laughs) <laughs> All right. Well, I, but you're totally right, though. That this is more beyond superheroes, but it's also commenting on superheroes, yeah. right? It's mm. co- it's commenting on the comic. It is a comic book. They chose to do it this way in the medium that it's poking a little bit of fun at. And I know, um, you know, they, that has to be conscious, right? There's no way you would, because they could have just made this as a book. They could have, it is going to be a movie, which we'll talk oh, yeah. about at the end. How the fuck are they going to pull yeah. that off? But, um, do you like that? Do you like it when comics or any art gets meta on itself? Or do you think that's a little too cutesy? Is that part of the issue? Because I know you said critically, this is not a big hit. People don't love this, which again mm. is, yeah. So do you think that's part of it? Like that, that meta-ness? Because it's like we, we talked about with um, Basketful of Heads, it was meta, but it was also a love letter to horror movies. And like, this is silly, but isn't this so yeah. fun? Where this is kind of like almost making fun of, of all of that. Because like you talk about Immortal Hulk, we've talked about, Batman, you know, Scott always says, you know, Batman's just an excuse for a white guy to put on a costume and beat up poor people. But there's a mental illness there, too. Bruce Wayne clearly has a personality disorder. So do you think that's part of it is because they're marketing this marketing this at superhero and comic fans? But it's also making fun of the genre. And then do you like that kind of storytelling or do you think it's kind of a dick move? I, I reckon that that's what they were aiming for. Like, as I say, in the ending, they do kind of make some comments about like, all of this happened and no one reacted to it. Do you think that's likely? And it's like, yeah, I mean, if you, <laughs> any of the stuff that a superhero does, like someone would have paid attention and then <laughs> someone would have come and said, yeah, you're, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to blow up entire buildings because there was a bad guy next to it. That's not really, it's not really good. <laughs> that not, makes you no. a baddie. <laughs> Yeah, you've done. You've gone the wrong way there. You need to not. Um, I think it was intentional. I think they are looking at that sort of. I mean, as you say, like we're projecting on them. They could be like, no, we just wanted to have fun. Um, 
but it it seems to be intentional. It seems to be looking at those sorts of stories and those sorts of ideas that we're looking at these comics and thinking these people do all these great things and there's no repercussions and we don't see any of the other things going on in the background, but it's all there. It's all happening. Um, and it is good to make you think. And I do like when comics go beyond the sort of set square of this is what a comic book has to be. I, I like moving past that. You know, as you say, we did basket full of heads and there was a lot of meta there and just under the surface, there was a lot of things pointing in different directions. And again, this is just like, no, tick the surface away. Here's everything. And it's just like in your face. And I understand why people don't like it. Because yeah. it is, comic books are a niche thing. Like whether we like it or not, we can try our best on Comics in Motion um, to make it not, but it is. And part of that is that you come into it with a set idea of what they are. And as soon as you step outside of that, you are going to have troubles. Like if you look at some of the greatest books, like like Sandman did the book club not long ago, that still gets a lot of people going, what the hell is this? Because it doesn't fall into that little box. But if you look at it sort of with an objective eye, it's amazing in all sorts of different levels. That's that's totally true. Because even when you were listening to, to to the to the book club, you know they were saying uh, Dave and, and Tanya were saying you know like that first time through, and even I think Mike had the same problem. You're like, fuck this book. What is this? This is dumb. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it's true. I also get that. I mean, I think Neil yeah. Gaiman's one of the best writers working, but. And I think he's up oh, there yeah. with like Rod Serling for one of the best science fiction fantasy minds, you know, but also fuck you, man. <laughs> you know, I get yeah. that. You're like, I don't want to, what are you doing to us? I don't love that. Yeah. No, I think that, I think you, I think you've totally, you know, nailed that is that, and again, I'm not saying this is as good as Sandman. It isn't, it's not even close. It's not as, I mean, Sandman is but, lore, you know, it's, it's layered. Yeah. This is obviously satire, but it's also, um, slapstick it's it's one of those weird things like i prefer satire to farce i think part the thing i dislike mm. about this book is the farce i i think i worry like the hate fuck stuff that's just farce and that doesn't work for satire yeah. for me so so duncan everybody the hate fuck they're like what comic are we talking about so <laughs> duncan the cowboy ninja viking um his ex-wife is also a triplet greer Greer Furl Kirk is her name. And she's the sniper chef, martial artist. And they hate each other, but they also like occasionally just hate bang. And, and it's like, that's not funny to me, especially with the whole Nick stuff going on there. And I know they're like, well, we're crazy yeah. air quotes. So it's okay. And we're like, we don't hate, we're not accountable for our actions. And I don't love that. I don't love that part. And so to me, the Greer stuff, it's fine to have Greer be the ex-wife, that part works, you know, I mean, cause you know, how could they possibly stay married? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense how they got married in the first place. Yeah. But I, I thought that stuff went a little too far on the, that's just my personal opinion. What did you make of that? And then what do you feel about like when things are like jokey, jokey, as opposed to like, it's funny. Cause it's, you know, like you know, 2018 AD is satire. You could look at 2018 and fucking laugh your ass off at that, you know, at, at specifically dread that's fucking hysterical, but it's also terrifying, mm. but you're also making fun of stuff. So I don't know. What do you yeah. prefer? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm definitely in the sort of satire camp. I've got the burger wars book sat next to my bedside table. Like so I like good. that. I love that. That's great. Um, 
and that's the sort of, but yeah, I, I didn't enjoy the whole, that section of the whole hate banging and the whole relationship thing. It just, it was, uh, yeah, unnecessary, really. It didn't fit. It was kind of, that did feel a bit like doing it because that's the thing you do, which is a shame because none of the rest of the book was that. Yeah. I agree. And I, I, I really didn't think about it the first couple of but because, you know, when you're coming at it, and you're like, I'm going to talk to Paul for a while. Mm-hmm. I got to make sure. So you're like thinking of the more critical things, you know, just reading. And I and the fact that that just passed me by in the first place. And then they play up the like the woman on woman violence here in the way that like Greer yeah. and Nick's are somehow in this adversarial relationship. Nick's who Duncan met five minutes ago, by the way, like when this book starts, he just yeah. met her. <laughs> and now it's like, so why is, I mean, sure. Nick's is awesome. And I like her as a character and I would get why mm. over time, Duncan might fall in love with her. Why she would fall in love with him makes zero sense. And the whole stuff with Greer and, and the way that they're using that to be like, Oh, women, you can't control your emotions. That felt that was super problematic because I mean, this is not a book about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, on one hand, you could understand it a little bit with Greer because they're talking, because they are exploring the idea of the personality disorders and the issues and stuff, but just the way that they, it came about it. And when all three of them were sort of tacked on, it just, yeah, it got, it kind of lost meaning again. It's that thing. Like, are we, am I just trying to, give them credit for something that they weren't working on um no it's not we just wanted to see hate banging mm. yeah yeah and, I, yeah and again i don't know i mean i guess people could say well you're totally missing the point the hate bang was also making fun of the spy movies and maybe i mean those early james bond movies yeah, are maybe. icky they're right yeah they're really gross yeah like, isn't there oh, one where yeah. bond says shush now to somebody and smacks her on the ass in one of the early movies yeah so, yeah, I can't remember what that one is, but and then there's yeah. yeah, and the whole relationship with uh, uh, Pussy Galore is really gross. That's really bad. So maybe, but again, if it were subversive, if it were the other way, maybe if it, I mean, Greer does come on to Duncan, but it's clearly intentional, and he's using her just as much. And it's just, I don't know. Yeah. I just, I thought it threw it off, and I just, it's their art, it's their story. Who are we to tell them what to do? Um, but, you know, we're entitled yeah. to comment on it. Yeah, absolutely. I just think for it was one of those moments where you've worked. Maybe this is sort of a backhanded compliment, but you've you've worked so hard in this comic book to get where, to get to that point, And then it just lets you down. Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. I as you say, like the first time you, you read through it, you kind of you kind of blast past it and you're just like, oh, what's this? But the more you think about it, it's like, why? Why yeah. is that there? Yeah, because I like her as an adversary. I mean, I like mm. it's cool to have somebody who knew him before, but his brother Carl is there. Um, you know, so there's there's some of that stuff that works really well. Uh, you know, and I get it because Duncan's our character, but Nick's is our point of view character. Nick's is the one who doesn't understand yeah. what's going on. So, mm. you know, I think it would have been interesting, like Nick's Nick's story instead of it being Duncan's story. Yeah. I mean, it is her journey. She's the one who goes yeah. on a journey and we discover things about Nix. Yeah, area. we do. Yeah. yeah. I, but it's not um, her story. It's still white dude's story. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, it's one of those. The more you pick it apart, the more you kind of go, you're just so close. Yeah. 
you all the right elements were there and all the idea was great it was just little bits here and there that was just like oh you were just so close you could have you could have taken it to the next level and it still probably wouldn't have been as successful as you wanted it to be but it would have just been one of those that was a slow burn and people would have been like this has so much meaning to it and it it does but it just lets itself down at some points yeah, I totally agree. And, and you know, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I really do enjoy it and I will read it again in, uh, in the future. But I think there are so many problematic parts of it. And, you know, this is just one of them. And the one which we would be remiss to discuss. And I know I realize like we've talked for an hour and we've hardly talked about the comic, but that means it's good. <laughs> but that's OK, because we're not that's not this show. We don't go on that on page two. You know, like that's not what this is. This is a yeah. story about, you know, an elite fight. They're like the A team with DID. And they fight against each other and they fight against bad guys. And there's two volumes, like volume one gets the band back together and volume two, they go on a mission and you learn more about mm. Nick's. That's, that's how it's split up. We were talking on the, in our chat, you and I, and on WhatsApp about this is going to be a movie. And I, and I, now, so it's been in development hell for a long time. Apparently, believe it or not, Disney bought the rights to this first. Can you imagine? I, that doesn't seem quite right. <laughs> 2010 as soon as this book came out disney bought the rights to it it's the zombie land guys are going to do it it's gone up and down since 2014 chris pratt's been associated with it and it's and they haven't done it but what i said to you is that's probably good because it's pretty unfilmable and for so many yeah. reasons but the one thing that you mentioned is like how offensive it's going to be like it has to be in the right hands so obviously, I, I think I know what you're talking about, but I would love to hear your thoughts on why that was your first reaction was like, you got to be super careful, not just with the DID stuff, but with, you know, what, what's your thought on that? And how in your headcanon, as we say on Comics Motion, how could, how, if you were in charge, Paul's given $160 million to make Cowboy Ninja Viking, how do you do it? Take the money and run. Um, <laughs> you're like going to Fiji. Peace out. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think that Zombieland, the Zombieland crew, I think would do the first three quarters of it pretty great. I think they, they would have the right level of sort of satire to vague seriousness to their, some underlying themes, but it it's just because it goes there are so many underlying themes and the more you get towards the end, they start bubbling more and more to the surface. And it does kind of make you think more and more as you get to the, the end. And it's a big switch. And it's, if you look at sort of the first issue to the last issue, it's quite hard to see how you would make that change in a movie and for people not to go, what the hell just happened? Not in a good way, not in a fight club or in a 12 monkeys kind of way, but just in a what the fuck way. Yeah. Yeah. It would have to be done. You would have to strip out so much of the seriousness of it to kind of that. And basically the last few pages would be like an end credit scene that most mm. people would just shrug off, that you know, and then it, yeah. it kind of defeats the point of it a little bit. Because that that is kind of the payoff in a weird way. That is the payoff of everything you just read. Rethink it. Have a good think about what you just read and search your brain and search about this disorder and all this sort of stuff. And and the 
you know the possibilities of what's going on just you i yeah that's what my brain is thinking basically and so if you were to suddenly make it serious and then all the wackiness beforehand is kind of like oh and if you don't make it serious then all the wackiness beforehand is haha funny but then there'll be the people who are actually suffering from the sort of going that's not very nice right yeah because I, I it is it's one of those things where the disorder itself, like we both said right from the beginning, and I use the word fascinating. I find it fascinating. But my 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 essay from the Moon Knight collection that Scott's putting together is about the way that we treat people with this disorder and treating the personalities as personalities, not treating them as not tr- not calling the person broken, not using the word insane, not using the word crazy, but like it is a true mental illness. And there are some people who have this disorder who they choose not to merge. That's a choice that they make. And there's lots of books I've read where the, like there's one book called When Rabbits Howl, When Rabbit Howls, and it's actually written by the personalities. Trudy Chase is the host. She's got 96 personalities. They call wow. themselves the troops. And they wrote this book. They refuse to merge because they don't think they can function. Trudy can't function. Mm. So she needs them. And that's how they feel. Like they're a family. And so there is something to be said about this. And that's my hope for the Moon Knight series that's coming out is that it's given and looks like it's going to be based a lot on Jeff Lemire's stuff, which is the stuff I read and wrote about. It's going to be handled in a way that like still makes it fascinating, makes it interesting, but also isn't other, I mean, it is an other thing. It's such a small number of people who have this sort of, yeah. but you're not like putting them in a zoo and being like, well, here's the section where the DIDs are, you know, like, let's yeah. take a look at them and their natural health. throw apples at them and make them turn personalities, you know, like that you don't, this book walks that edge. Yeah. Right. It walks that edge. Absolutely. And I think the movie would totally just not even walk that movie would just be in Zooland. That's my worry. Yeah, it, the only way that it could walk the same edge is if it was a small budget indie cult film. Not a Chris like, Pratt film, is what you're saying. Yeah, kind of. As much as I like Chris Pratt, but yeah, I, and not, not to say that he doesn't have the chops, but to my mind, because I'd cast Ethan Hawke and everything, that's that's who I want to be Duncan, somebody who can do the physicality, but who would give the character. And that's yeah. why I think Oscar Isaac is, is Mark Spector is a good casting because I think he's he's you know he's played Hamlet on Broadway. I mean he can he can do stuff. You know what I mean? He's yeah. got a skill set that allows him. And Hamlet is somebody who's suffering from clinical depression and and a mental break after upon the death of his father. Mm-hmm. And so I think Oscar is going to give it the gravitas that 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 uh, that someone with this disorder has. And I think the book walks right up to it, and it's there. It gives it a bit of a hug. You know, it it also without being too exploitative, but I I wonder if someone who has the idea has read this book and is like, fuck this book. This is super exploitative, you know. I don't know, but I think a movie, I don't know how you do the movie without it being that. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously it's hard for us to comment without knowing yeah. without having the disorder, without having more intimate knowledge of the disorder, without speaking to someone with the disorder. But yeah, yeah I think the book just about walks the line. Like I don't, I think you could see a world where that someone with the disorder would look at the book, would read the book, and be like, um, "Yeah," but wouldn't be outwardly offended by it. They'd mm-hmm. just be like, "This, I can see what they're going with. There are some misunderstandings, but I can understand what they were trying to do." 
as long as they make it to the end. Because if they only read the first three or four issues, they're probably going to get annoyed. But right. again, that's the thing with the film. You have to have the whole journey. Because mm-hmm. without the whole journey, you don't have the full picture. Yeah, because I would worry that they'd stop it at issue five. Because there's two distinct story arcs here, but this, mm. which volume one it ends. But you don't get the payoff that you get at volume two. Volume one just sort of ends and it's very 18, right? Which is fine. It's fun. And you could look at it, be like, see, they're saying people with DID, they're like superheroes. They've got these powers. They can, yeah. that you know, they're using their psychosomatic disorders for good because he's got these skills, you know? I mean, granted, the cowboy skill is super, you know, stereotypical and he has a lot of STDs, I assume. But, um, <laughs> you know, he's like a bad yeah. spaghetti Western cowboy. That's who he is. So, you know, that's there. That's out there. Um but you could you could read it that way, but yeah, you gotta get there. But again, it is it's a hard. You're asking a lot of the reader to be like, mm. hang in there with me. I probably because it's kind of like when people are like, well, like the show Fleabag. I hated Fleabag. I didn't watch it. I watched the oh, first four cool. episodes. I was like, this sucks. And everybody's like, oh my god, <laughs> the first season isn't very good. But you got to get through it to get to the second season. And I was like, yeah, I don't wanna. I didn't care. <laughs> But it's like, that's what I did to you, though. And like, yeah. Jack, he's like, I don't want to. Like, yeah, you should stop. You're not coming on and talk about it. You should just stop. And if I had just said, hey, Paul, you should read this. And you'd got three episodes in. We're like, are we going to talk about this? He's like, yeah. You're like, I'm going to stop. That would have been yeah. fine, too. You know, it's like, yeah. it's different because it's almost like it was an assignment for you. So for you, you're like, well, it was worth the journey. Mm. Is that good art? I mean, should all art have to be so heavy to have a point? Because Basketful of Heads and... and um uh, hard boiled. Those were heavy, but they weren't hard work. No, no, they weren't. And yeah, I mean, in an ideal world, you would have a book that was telling the same story and had the same ending and had the same meanings and had all the same connectivity, but wasn't so painful. <laughs> and I think there, there are ways that it could have been done. Like the art style could have been a bit more, like, as I say, towards the end, there is an illustration of what the book could have been. The it's color. It was in color. Yeah. This isn't. This is the color is very selective. And that's all yeah, part it's very of it. Yeah, selective. Yeah. And I think it's it's the complete opposite to what we were saying about hard boiled. With hard boiled or the color, it's kind of too much. But I think with this, the color looking at it relaxes your mind a bit. And again, that may be now that I've said it, that may be what they were going for. They didn't want your mind to relax. They wanted your mind to be sort of squiggly and all over the place. But you also have to have someone read it. Yeah. <laughs> and that, I guess that's the difficult balance that you're trying to get. Yeah. I, it's, and you know, it's like there's this movie I saw years ago and I just read some article about it not that long ago. It's called Kids. And I fucking hate that movie. Like I'll never watch that movie again. <laughs> Fuck that movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It was like a mid nineties. It's I just hate it, but everybody's like kids is awful on purpose. You're supposed to hate it. It's that's what makes it good. You felt uncomfortable. It you it wanted you to leave the movie theater because actually this was you know I saw it in the theater like at an art house theater in Ann Arbor. I was so pissed. I was ruined my day. I was mad for like a week <laughs> at my friend who's like loved it. We went together and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Are you? That movie was so bad, but. Like this think piece that I read about it the other day, it's like still mad about it 20 years later. Somebody's like, kids, 20 years later, I'm like, fuck kids, fuck that movie. And I read the thing. It's probably longer than 20 years. And there, that was the argument. They're like, well, they made you work for it. They made you feel bad on purpose so that when you were done, you were like, oh, shit's bad. And so you can argue that's okay. 
you know, and so, like I said, I asked you to read this. I'm asking other people to read it. I think people should read this, mm. but I also understand why you'd be like, fuck this book. That makes me uncomfortable. I don't want to work so hard for it. So it's like that, that fine line between, you know, what art can do uh, and how it can make you feel a certain way. And then also how it can make you sick or make you mad. Or I'm mm. sure there's people who love this. There's, there's people who are like, oh my God, that's the best comic I've ever read because it makes me uncomfortable because it itches my brain in the right way. Yeah. I've been thinking this film has popped into my head for the last 15, 20 minutes. It's I haven't, again, I haven't seen this for about 20 years and I'm kind of afraid to watch it again. It's called pie and it's a real cult. Like pie, like, like three. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it's basically about a mathematician who gets obsessed with pie and people sort of come up to him and try and make him realize that pie is the, the secret of all sorts of things. And he obviously has some sort of mental disorder and he gets really obsessed in it. And it is so uncomfortable to watch, but it's so cleverly done because you just have to keep watching because it is fascinating to watch. And the way that it's done and it's black and white and the real focus and the cinematography, but I really am afraid to watch it again. (laughs) Well, I'm going to totally watch it. I'll report back to you. Because it's been about 20 years and I might watch it again and be like, oh, what the hell was I thinking? (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't worth it. It is true where you are in your life too, right? Oh, yeah. 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 To be fair, that's very true. That that was a time in my life where I was, you know, super fascinated by um, maths and this sort of, this, this was randomly the same time in my life that I saw run Lola run for the first time. Like that's, that's where my life was at this time. Run Lola run is good. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my God. It's such a good film. Oh, Again, it's another one I haven't seen in years. Cause I'm kind of afraid if I do, yeah, I bet it doesn't it. hold up very well. Let's pretend yeah. it does. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing film and that's, that's what I'm going to go with. Okay. Yeah. Um, I hear what you're saying. No, well, yeah. pie sounds interesting. Cause it, the Ron Howard did a beautiful mind, right? It's the same thing mm. where there's the, but that was with Russell Crowe and, Jennifer Connelly, so a lot bigger budget, I assume. Yes, yeah, um, yeah. When we stop talking, I'm going to look up the details of Pi because, uh, yeah, I'd be fascinated to see like what they did it with because it is, yeah, it's really focused, it's really intense, it's really uncomfortable, but it's also fascinating and it it makes you understand the way that a person's mind can get so obsessed it starts falling apart. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in on that. I mean, not because, and again, it's like, you don't want to watch how you like, that's the thing. I think what, what AJ and Riley do here with mental illness is like we've saying, they're walking the line. They're not making yeah. fun. This is not, they are, I think are very careful to not be disparaging, to not make fun, to not say you were crazy. The word crazy is never uttered in this no. book. They don't, they don't use disparaging language. So it's clearly intentional, but they're, cause you know, cause but again, in the wrong hands, in the wrong state of yeah. mind. And again, some of it is problematic. To me, the biggest problem we haven't even talked about and we'll address here and bring everybody down is the uh, cultural appropriation of the personalities. Yes. I mean, I, it, there's a joke in here that the ninja, the original version of this was Samurai Ninja Cowboy and or Samurai Viking Cowboy. And in this, Ninja hates samurais. And when anybody says to Ninja he's a samurai, he gets pissed and he kills him. 
Um, he even cuts a guy's head and hat cuts a guy's head off because he says he's a samurai. There is one of the characters who has a samurai, but it's a lot. I mean, there's different races, but it's mostly white people. And you've got like mm-hmm. lots of characters. There's two Native American characters. We already mentioned the there's a conquistador. Yeesh, that's yeah. problematic in and of itself. Oh, Joan yeah. of Arc, obviously. There's a Spartan. Um, there's and then you know then the hairdresser too is played a little you know stereotypically gay. Yeah. And not to say that some of the characters can't be gay. I'm sure that happens. That in some cases people who have DID, one of the characters, one of the personalities is gay. I'm sure that's the thing. Oh, of course. But it's like the one you pick is the hairstylist. Yeah. I mean, uh, so. Some of the cultural appropriation, like white guy as ninja, white guy as samurai. How did you, what did you think of that? Do you think they should have handled that differently? Or was it because they were handling everything else nicely that we could overlook that? Or should we not look overlook that again? How do you do that in a movie? Yeah, I think the, uh, as you say, it's all white guy with multiple personality in different, I think if they'd mixed it up a bit, it would be a bit softer you, when you first read through it, it's you do, maybe it, this is the benefit of the fact that it isn't fully colored is that you don't really pick up on that. That's um, a great point. You're totally right. Cause Carl so, is the Nate Carl, his, his Duncan's brother is a native an Apache Indian. It's listed as air quotes. Yeah. And he, and then there's a Mohawk Indian later too. And then obviously, yeah, you're right. You don't notice it as much cause it's not in color, but it is pretty offensive. Yeah. Yeah, but the, again, it's one of those things that I'm sure there are people out there with DID who one of their personalities has, in fact, I've, I'm fairly certain I've heard of examples where one of the personalities has a completely different accent sure. or thinks that they're from a different country. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely possible. Yeah. So it's right, in some ways, it's right to include it. That's a good point, yeah. But then it's kind of slightly just hit the nail on the head, but you kind of slipped off it when <laughs> all of them were white guys. Right. Like there are you, a couple of them are of color, but for the most part, they're not. Yeah. Like if it was mixed up a little bit more, maybe it's what, but you know, it's one of those things I didn't completely bounce off it, but it's just what, again, it's just one of those little niggly bits. You're so close. Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing for me. Like, how do you film it? Now, I think they've hired, and yeah. I can never say her name, Prinka. I don't know how to say her last name. She's the Bollywood actress who married Nick Jonas. Uh, yeah, um, you put someone's face right in front of me, and I yeah, wouldn't know who they were. Anyway, she's a native. She's a, a native Indian. She's born from India, and she was a Bollywood actress, and she's made her move to America. And, um, oh, Priyanka, Priyanka. Priyanka Chopra. How do you say it? Is, Priyanka, is that how you say it? Was I saying that's it how right? I would say it? Priyanka okay, Chopra. That's what we're gonna say. Anyway, I think they've she's on to be Nix, which so that's cool because Nix okay, don't really yeah. know that Nix is white until the very last panel, anyway. Which I find weird. Like they made the choice because like Nix is in black and white, and she's almost like whatever the background color is. Nix is most of the time. Yeah. I like that coloring. Yeah. Like Nix is standing in front of something blue. Nix is blue. Like. Nix is standing in something yeah. green. Nix is great. Like she just is kind of tinted with whatever color she was. And then at the end, they like go out of their way to show her be like white. And I was like, ah, I mean, it doesn't matter. But again, it's just like, dude, you got 10, 10 issues. And suddenly the big reveal is Nix is also white. Wow. Yeah. That was a bit of a, <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. Think, what but you're think, saying, it maybe there was a bit of the, <laughs> like she's fading into the background and she's not one of the, you know, she's not one of us. So she's not, 
I don't know. Maybe there's. Yeah, a, that's what I thought it was. There. I thought it was intentional that she's that she's just there as window dressing, mm. as it were. I thought it was intentional, I, you know. And then at the end, when she's fully realized, at the end, the big reveal at the end, yeah. then she's just a white lady. You're like, damn yeah. it! <laughs> I know it's just it's just so close. Yeah, so close. Yeah, and again, we're a couple panel. of we're a couple of white dudes talking about it, but. It's you know we don't only know white people, <laughs> we aren't racist, <laughs> so it's we're going to acknowledge something. And again, it's something can be good and problematic. And I for I feel Cowboy Ninja Viking is good and it is problematic. And I think it's fucking unfilmable and they should stop. That's how yeah. I feel. I don't think they should do it. If they wanted to animate it, I'm all in. Then you can hire different voice actors and or get a good get like a get a good actor who can do and Chris Pratt can do lots of voices. And uh, I've only yeah. seen her in a few things. So I don't you know, the stuff I've seen her in, she's fine. But I don't know how good of an actor she is, you know, doing different accents or whatever. But I think although as she's Nick's most of the time, so it wouldn't really matter. But mm. um, so she'd be fine. <laughs> but I just think <laughs> I just think um, to me, you have if you're going to make this movie animated, I think that's your safest bet. Yeah, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I think trying to jump all those hurdles with a live-action film, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to have Chris Pratt with a you know Native American headband around his head. It's just not going to, no, it's not, not going to fit right. Yeah, I think animated would be the way to go, unless it's like they could completely wacky and they do spend loads of money on it. And then they get a different actor for every single different personality. But then how do you help tie them all together? How does it then make sense in the, it just, yeah, it would be even more complicated. <laughs> and that you know, is a great idea though, is hiring four actors yeah. per role. So Chris Pratt is Duncan. Yeah. Or he could even be Duncan and the Cowboys say, cause he's, or the Viking. And then, yeah. but then you have, but there's times when all four of them are talking. So I think that's pretty smart to just have four actors but that's expensive. That's expensive. It's complicated. You don't have the benefit of speech bubbles. <laughs> right. It would have to be. That's why I just think voice actors is the way to go. Or, you know, like yeah. there's, I listen to lots of audiobooks and there's a handful of voice actors uh, who do audiobooks who sound like they're a full cast. You know, just get yeah. somebody like that who can do a bunch. Of, I don't know. I just think it's kind of one of those things. There was a movie I watched a few years ago. It's called Winter's Tale, not like the Winter's Tale Shakespeare, just mm-hmm. called Winter's Tale with Colin Farrell. And, um, I really loved the book. And like for years, they kept like Coppola bought the rights to the movie. And he just kept saying like, I love this book. I love this book, but I can't figure out how to film it. Francis Ford Coppola is saying, I can't figure out how to film it. <laughs> so that means you should not try. But yeah. then somebody did. And my wife and I liked the book. We're like, this is going to be bad, but we should totally go. So we went and we were like, that was bad. And I love Colin <laughs> Farrell. I think he's always good. But I was like, oh my God, it was there would they could figure it out. You're like, well, if Francis Ford Coppola spent 20 years trying to figure it out and he couldn't, maybe you shouldn't. You're not him. Yeah. You haven't spent your whole life thinking about movies. Um, no. I feel like that. I think that's the problem here, right? Is that people are, oh, yeah. are sitting around having this conversation. They're like, look, we've got these two big stars. Let's get at it. And they're like, yeah, but how? Yeah, but yeah, but I just don't know the answer. <laughs> How many films have you seen in that have gone blockbuster and you look at the Wikipedia and it says, yeah, this spent 10 years in discussions and people trying to, no, none of them. Because at that point it's like, no, it's not happening. Yeah. It's yeah. If you've spent that long, just trying to work out how to do it. Uh, no. 
Yeah. Unless you're waiting for a particular technology or this, that, or the other, then right. yeah, okay. Right, but- like with Avatar, he made his own technology. Yeah. That's different. You know, that and that I didn't see either because I thought that looked pretty crap. Was Avatar good? Everybody says it's good. Or it- no, that's not true. The box office says it's good. I actually don't know anybody who's like, I fucking love Avatar. No. I was like, it's okay. It was good. It was good technology. It was fun to watch, but it's not like I'm jumping out of my seat for the second one which will come in like 600 years time. Yeah, well, and he's keeps selling he's going to make three more plus another um Alita not, Battle Angel. He's not going to live long enough. He's not. I mean, I'll watch another Alita. I love that. I mean, that was also weird Uncanny Valley technology that we didn't need, but it worked. <laughs> that would be but see like even that you could do that with this. Like did you see Alita Battle Angel? I don't think I did. No. So the main character is a manga character. Okay. But like in real, everybody else is real life. Uh, so the, Rose and Alice Salazar is there as the actress, but then they like mo capped her. So she's got like the big eyes and everything. So she looks like an anime huh. character. It's pretty cool. That's uh, cool. On Cali Valley and hard to watch in some places. Yeah. You're like, but um, then Ed Norton's the villain at the end. I mean, they wrote it with a sequel in mind and you're like, that's false. Like you wait till the last, <laughs> the last scene to reveal Ed Norton's the villain and you aren't sure you're getting a sequel. But that's James Cameron for you. I mean, he didn't direct um, it, but he produced it. So maybe that's who will end up coming in to save Cowboy Ninja Viking. It'll be James Cameron. Because he's just like, maybe. I can do whatever I want. And you're like, what well, can you? Yeah, maybe that's what it needs. It needs someone <laughs> who is like, I have so much money. I have so much clout. I can just do what I want with it. Yeah. And it'll be like a passion project and they can go wild and maybe it won't be a blockbuster hit, but it'll mean something. Yeah. Like Christopher Nolan, you know how he likes to do weird shit. Like somebody, yeah. right. Somebody who just wants to play around with it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and I think too, I love your plan. So when Paul gets his $160 million, <laughs> he's going to hire four actors per person. And that's how we're going to do it. I think that's oh, brilliant. Let's start the casting pool. Let's just start with the comics. How many people are in comics in motion? Right. That's what I was going to say. Let's start with the comics in motion, Sam. Because that'd be great, right? That would be that yeah. would be a lot of fun. So anyway, well, thanks for doing this. I feel like we got nowhere, but I think we went everywhere. It was... Uh, yeah. Well, and you I, I keep saying, I've said at least three or four times now that the end is the payoff. It, oh, um, it so is. And then when I when you were talking about the last panel, I've been flicking on my hoopla, unofficial mm-hmm. sponsor of any comic spotlight. Sponsor, yeah. Um, and the end bit that I was talking about is actually an addition. It's the extra. It's the interview. So I oh, don't know. Oh, that's right. It I is. don't know if that's include what that's included. Is that just the deluxe edition? Is that in volume I, two? It's in my is deluxe that, edition. I don't know if it's yeah. in volume two because I have the PDF of the deluxe edition I got mm. from. Um, uh, I read it on Hoopla first, but I, I bought it as part of a humble. Hmm. So I don't um, know. So the the last panel that you were talking about, the color issue, yeah, that that is a payoff. But then I think this extra bit, the interview, is, the, is, is like the, the, the double payoff. Like if I, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to say to everyone, get the deluxe edition yeah. and read through to the end of the interview. It, because I agree. that is like, yeah, that's the double payoff you get there. Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks for doing this. And um, next so time, here's what we'll do next time you come on. You'll pick what we do. Well, you picked Basketful of Heads. That was you. Yes. Well, I was yes, like, because you should you, read Basketful yeah. of Heads. And you were like, ooh, can we talk about Basketful of Heads? But you'll pick the next one and you could do whatever you want. And even if it's something you know, so it'll be like we're Chris and Dave, where you just give me something crappy to read on purpose. <laughs> um, and then I'll do it. I'll tell you. Although Jack and I are going to do uh, this, the um, prequel to the Southland Tales. Did you ever see that movie? 
No. It's a Richard Kelly movie. It's like really hard to watch. And apparently like there's three prequel comics. So we're going to do that. And then we're going to watch the movie with Chris and Dave and Chris is going to fucking hate it. So that's going to be super. Uh, Yes. Yeah. I was just listening to Jack tell Dave on the last TV movie. Hit Monkey. Yep. Yes. Yep. That shows how behind the times I am. It's totally fine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if you haven't watched Hit Monkey yet, you're not going to listen to that until you watch it. Yeah, to be fair, I, haven't even, I still haven't watched it, but I've listened to the episode because <laughs> I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna find the time to watch it. <laughs> yeah, that's totally fair. Yeah, it's not like you've got a job where you're like, I just go watch TV all day. If you watch TV no. all day, you'd get hit by a car. I would. Yeah. So don't but do that. I, I do get to listen to podcasts all day. Isn't that so, awesome? And audio, but so do great. you have listen to books ever too? Or you just are like, I got all the podcasts. I yeah, I do sometimes listen to audio books, but I have so many podcasts I'm subscribed to, and I'm a completist, so like. I subscribe to VHS Strikes Back, which everyone should listen to, by the way. So good, yeah. But that means that I then started at the beginning and listened to all of them. So nice. I've, I've, I haven't actually caught up to VHS Strikes Back. I'm in, I've managed to get to January. Wow. You're so I'm nearly that. there. Nice. Yeah they're, yeah, they're good. It's funny, if you go back to the early uh, comments in motion, when they, uh, like they would take the, the, they would like watch the movie while they were recording it. So like yeah. the episodes were like two and a half hours. Like Chris would even be like, oh, and he would stop because he's watching the movie while they're talking about it. Those are so fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A piece of history right there. They actually, they're, they're, um, the Losers episode has got like hundreds of thousands of downloads or something on, or views on YouTube because people think it's the whole movie because the show there is the exact length of the movie. And they even have like, this is not the movie, but people keep, and then they That's get hate. Brilliant. Yeah, but it's it's gets tons of listens. Uh, the 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 YouTube version of the Losers podcast, but you know, because they That's were just watching along. Cheat yeah. the algorithm. <laughs> pretty smart. But the thing is, if you're not watching the movie, they're not showing the movie. They're not doing that. They're not. They're just talking about it. But people get pissy. So anyway, Brilliant. well, thank you for this. So you'll tell me something. So when everybody hears this, you'll think tomorrow's Paul's birthday. I should send him a message and tell him happy birthday. Where would they do that? Oh, yes. Where would they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Paul Damac, P-A-U-L-D-A-M-A-C. Um, yes, send me a message. Mac. Yes. And exactly. so what are you and lovely Mandy going to go do for your birthday the day after everybody hears this? We I think we're just going to go to some friends and get very drunk and have them feed us. Nice. We are, it is yeah, a Friday. Your birthday's on a Friday this year. Yes. Um, and hers is not long after mine. So we're oh. going to have a little joint celebration much to her dismay because she doesn't like <laughs> celebrating together she wants her own party which i understand i want my yeah. own party too but yeah you know. it's your, it's it's not as though you're i mean you were born on a holiday but at least it's not christmas yeah that christmas would be annoying babies, that's sucky for those folks for yeah sure. it's annoying that don't even get started on that like people could get us joint christmas presents that's annoying if someone ever gets us a joint birthday present they may as well be dead yeah, that's right. They yeah. can piss right off. Well, yeah. so if they're going to, so let's say for your birthday, in addition, so you know what they could get you for your birthday? That's just for you and not for your wife. They could subscribe to your podcast. Where would they do? They've got several options, I hear. Well, yeah, in theory. Currently, uh, Era of Geek. Search for Era of Geek on all your favorite podcast catcher, um, where I speak to lots of wonderful people about their history with geek culture and what it means to them, including Mr. Tony here. Thank you. It was, it was uh, a delight. I love your show. It is definitely my, I, I, every, every time it comes out, it's like, bam, stop what you're doing. 
because I'm about to ruin the rhythm and the rhyme that you used to. And then I break into the Humpty dance. When that's over, then <laughs> I listen to your show. No, it's true. I I love it. It's so good. It's so clever. And uh, Professor Elemental was on. Eric was on. Yes. You had BZ voice. It's like artist season, season two. Yeah. Well, uh, when is this? It's coming out the end of the month. So we've got... Oh, that was just my Alexa device in the background, if anyone heard that. Um, so we have a very special person, Sky Captain and the World of Tomorrow. If you know of that film, make sure you get on and subscribe. Film. Oh, my God. I love um, that movie. I know you actually hooked me up with him, and I'm I'm falling down getting that set up just because my schedule's weird right now. But hopefully he'll be on here to talk about stuff, too. But regardless, be he'll be on that show because Sky Captain the World Tomorrow is a fucking banger of a movie. I love so it. So good. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, if you're a fan of the YouTube channel, uh, Star Wars Timeline, you might know the, one of the people on there. Uh, if you're a fan of Atari and have seen the wonderful book, um, The Art of Atari, then uh, then there'll be a lovely guest for you there. So I'm being very vague there, nice. so people will have to subscribe. <laughs> they must subscribe. Plus, it's, and again, if you're a completist, you've got all the first season, which is the Comics and yes. Motion dudes, the Fan You dudes, other rando dudes, nerds from the internet. It's so good. It's such a great show. I love it, love it. And I hopefully, Lars said he'll come on, MC Lars, when his new album yep. comes out later this year. So he's going to come on, which is cool, because he was on this show. He was in your chair. I know it was. Thanks for letting him sit at your house that day uh, when he it was, was on. Weird. It was weird that he flew from yeah. California to England to do the show. It's like you could just stay in California. I don't know why. We were a bit confused by it. It was but, weird. You know. Like, why is there a white rapper outside my house? You're like, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, but it's I just like the world music. we live in. It's just the world we live in. Well, you never know. I mean, <laughs> you never know who's going to show up. Um, but that was cool. So that's so they should that should be their birthday gift to you is to subscribe to Era of Geek. And yes, the gift they'll absolutely. give themselves is to listen to Era of Geek. Yes. Listen to lots of wonderful people saying wonderful things. It's a great concept. It's a great show. And the best thing is, man, is there's a lot of nerds out there. There are. And yes. episode 100, we're, we're, I'm just going to say it. I'm just making it happen. Episode 100, you'll be the guest and Mike's going to be the host, right? Is that the deal? That is, yes. I He kept pestering me. So I promised him that he wanted me to do it episode 50 and he wanted me to basically do it that day but no i've 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 promised him episode 100 um and then then i take him took a mid-season break which i think probably annoyed him and then i went from releasing willy weekly to every other week that probably annoyed him yeah you're just pushing it back because you don't want to be in the chair but one day we'll get there there's enough one day there's definitely more than 99 nerds out there i i I hear i hear hear there's at least maybe 101 maybe wow so that'll be very yeah. exciting so there'll be one after you and it'll be done yeah and then i'll have done all the nerds so all the nerds in the world wow that's crazy the, that there's that's, no there's a few well this is fun thank you again for doing this my friend and uh we so will we don't know what the outro song is we'll talk back and forth we'll share mm. each other some ideas because we've got until your birthday which is uh you know well i this show is going to come out in uh 13 days. We've got 13 days. Oh, there you go. With the, you with can the, count. I can't. Yeah, what the song will be. And uh, it'll be exciting. Something about minds and mental illness or we don't know. Maybe we'll get super clever. We'll get meta and get crazy Ooh, with it. Yeah. So, well, happy birthday, friend. Thank you again. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to this show. And you can go to my website, arfarina.com. And you can send me a message there. I, I just had an artist reach out and be like, hey, here's my comic. Can I come on? I was like, this is a cool comic. So he's not coming out until the summer, but that'll be cool. So um, it's not like that weird guy um, 
that I had on before, whose name I won't mention, who gave Paul the willies. Sometimes you never know who your artists are going to be. I assume he yeah. will not be appearing on the era of geek anytime soon. I mean, maybe. Let's <laughs> just say there was slight serial killer vibes. Just yeah. I got his book. Um, yes. All I'm saying is I did paid it come for his with art. a bag of teeth. It did not. I mean, <laughs> a box of teeth. So don't, oh, you don't ship oh, teeth. Enough. And I don't know how you guys do it in England, but in America, we put teeth in boxes. Come on now. That's, that's so, yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, happy birthday. Thank you very much. All Thank right. you so much for having me. You're this amazing. This is a delight. I, I, again, people are like, what did they talk about? <laughs> Tony hates the movie called Kids. That's what we yeah. <laughs> don't watch kids, everybody, but go watch Pie. Yeah. Watch and it. Run, Lola, Just, run. If it's horrible, don't tell me because you know you'll be ruining all my memories. You should totally watch Run Lola Run. Oh yes, definitely. That's what we're taking from this. And yeah. if anybody from from whoever is making this movie is listening, don't make this movie. <laughs> Not without talking to us first, at least. Right. Clearly, Paul knows how to spend the hundred and six million. He'll only be only spend two or three million moving to Fiji. The rest you can make the movie. Exactly. Perfect. I only need a few. Right. It's fine. That's right. All right. We'll see everybody next time. <laughs> Bye now. Bye. Bye. <laughs>